the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF for the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here, along with the esteemed Rufus Edmonston. I've never really seen you steamed, so you're esteemed. <laughs> well, I and, should eat more steamed vegetables. I know that. Well, I'm sure your doctors told you that. They all, they all say that. Right. But uh, nevertheless, you were Attorney General and Secretary of State, were you not, sir? I was. All right. Uh, were you not the... The judgment's out on what, how good I was. <laughs> were, you, were you not the uh, chief deputy counsel on the Senate Watergate Committee? I was. All right. Are you now, sir, currently the secretary general of gardening? I have proof of that from the current secretary of state who administered the oath and gave me a certificate, designated me as the secretary general of gardening. And that was one... Secretary Elaine yeah, Marshall. That was Elaine Marshall. Okay. <clears throat> and and my friend Billy always <laughs> wants to know, what do I get paid for being Secretary That's General? That's not Billy Jurgen. Billy Jurgen didn't yeah. want to know. That. No, not not. The, this is the other Billy who. <laughs> okay. And Billy uh, Parker. Just Billy. Oh, yeah, Billy Parker. Yeah, Billy Parker. And, and okay. no Billy, I do not get compensated. Does uh, that worry him? Uh, it worries Billy. He's a great practical joker, and he he corresponds a lot with. With the Big Daddy, uh-huh. and uh, okay, Billy is wants to know what my compensation is. Okay, well, my compensation is good company, like right. You and Nelson, all the other. This is the family. It's fun, isn't it's, it? It's, it's a secondary but, family to me. Here. Do you think it's? Do you think it's, it's almost fun as important? I love it. I love it. I'm grateful. Thank yeah, you. I am yeah. too for having me. This is almost as important to me as Uncle Pug was. <laughs> Well, that's, We're not uh, quite there. That's yet, Mike. a much higher standard <laughs> than I wish to attain. Sometimes, but my wife uh, keeps saying, "Well, I, <clears throat> I I know you love to go to the show, but wouldn't you love to sleep in some Saturday?" I say, "No, I'd miss so much." Yeah, I think you and, would. And the comment of people that enjoy the show and the camaraderie ship, and yeah. I learn every time. Uh, I do too. Something from people. We like, learned about Carolina like Gold Nelson. this morning. It's yeah. real. Yeah, it's yeah. real. Your cousin was right. Yeah, cousin Gladys from Johnson City, Tennessee. <laughs> I just, now we had I just an, love all the names of your relatives. Had a, we had another. <laughs> They're good ones. Her daddy was Uncle Wade, my daddy's brother. Uh huh. And <clears throat> I guess I can tell this. I put it in the book. Uh, he was a practical joker. Had a large family, seven kids. Uh huh. And they was had that a, the practical joke? They or? had an outhouse. So he did a three-holer. Good Uncle, for him. Uncle Wade built a three-holer. He uh, <laughs> was a carpenter, huh? <laughs> now, Cousin Gladys did not like me to mention that in the book. She said, that makes fun of the Edmiston family. I said, no, Gladys. Who who else except Uncle Wade could have had a three-holer? <laughs> and she had to seek treatment for, for those memories? <laughs> well, she... 
she said, I, I wish you hadn't put that in there. And I said, well, everybody else liked it, Gladys. Yeah. Just, she, she got over it. Just be easy, Gladys. Yeah. Just relax. Just keep sending things like Carolina Gold. Keep making your bootleg out there in Tennessee. <laughs> John, John is in Fuquay. John, how are you today? Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Three of my favorite people. Hope y'all doing well. Oh, thank oh, you very thank much. You. We are, I uh, think, doing well. I have a question about bamboo. <laughs> uh, you don't have any, do you, on, on, on hand? Well, my son's been home from East Carolina over the holiday, and on the farm we have, you notice we've got some bamboo popping up along a, along a wood line right next to a, a wet area, right behind a pond dam. And uh, Ooh. I believe the best thing to do is try to get rid of it, but I don't know how to do that. Mercy. <laughs> well, first of all, John, um, I will probably have some billing answer uh, hours to answer this question. Um, <laughs> All right, so noted. <laughs> it is a tough yeah, one to so get. Noted. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. It is a tough one to get get rid of, and you definitely don't want it on your your farm or your land. Um, as it will, you know, exponentially, expe- exponentially, <laughs> exponentially okay. uh, grow uh, more and more each year. So, uh, and if it is by a a water reservoir or base or stream, um, that probably makes it even more challenging because you certainly don't want to get um, pesticides in any kind of uh, water, um, you know, uh, structure or, or creek beds or anything like that. So. Um, there's a few ways to tackle it. Um, you know, when it's first coming up in the spring, I mean, you, you can spray and spray and spray and spray, but again, spraying responsibly. Um, and you, you, you just, you have to stay ahead of it. I mean, it can take people literally um, a year and a half, two years to combat and get rid of it. Um, so it, it's expensive. It's a chore. It's time consuming. Um I, I know uh, through my travels and experiences over the years, there there have been um, properties where they they realize like the adjoining property has it, and you know it's just a matter of time before it gets to their property. And so uh, you know I, I don't know what the name would be now. I would call it a barrier at the time. I learned it as a chastity belt, but um, where you would drive a <laughs> I don't know if we can even say that <laughs> where. We, I'm pretty sure it's old terminology. Well, if you can say three-holer, you can say chastity belt. I guess so. Okay. But um, th- there's been the use of, like, literally sheet metal um, or, <clears throat> you know, metal that has been buried. What do you mean? Drive it down to yeah, the ground? Yeah, like, like six, eight feet. Yes. Oh, my. Yes. Wow. To keep it from coming across, coming across, coming across. So, you know, that's, you know, again, an expense and time-consuming and um, – but it, but it, but it has worked. Um, I know that there have been um, arboretums, botanic gardens that have had collections of bamboo, and they planted it responsibly where um, they would build like a basically a reservoir, a tank uh, to plant it, so it kept it kind of at bay. Um, and and even now, a lot of these containers, um, you you can paint them with or in in embed them impregnate and bed them with like a copper oleate that every time the root hits the edge of that bed that's what a lot of street planters are they're the street planters um even in fuquay they used a um a copper oleate that um 
when the roots hit the edge, that burns them back, burns them back. So it kind of keeps them in check. Um, so, you know, there's a few methods typically for farmers and homeowners. I mean, I, I would think that, you know, it's just going to be, um, you know, excavating, excavating and spray, spray, spray. Well, I had a friend of mine in Boone had a patch of it, John. <clears throat> he cut it. He, he, it had grown 20, 30 feet tall. <clears throat> he cut it down about six, six inches and then took a backhoe and kept Yep, digging yep. away, digging, digging away. and digging and digging, plus uh, a lot of Roundup or equivalent yep. to that. And, and even finally even paint, even painting it versus just spraying it um, can be can be helpful. And and you know I I, I don't want to say use it at full strength if you're painting, um, because that that well <clears throat> because of a pesticide license. But um, you know I've I've heard that people have have done that basically. Uh, you know just painted it or swathed it on um and in a large area like that you you probably would have to to do something like that it, but, it's as aggravating I, as wisteria <laughs> when i dispose of it do i need to will it regrow burn, if i leave it on the ground there? burn it do i need to burn, burn it, it? Okay. burn it yeah. burn it burn it burn it and turn it because i mean <clears throat> you get any live tissue it'll go at it again the only bamboo I want around the house is heavenly bamboo, Nandina. And your your extension agent's going to get on to you for saying that, too, I, Rufus. I, I, I still love those you, winter berries. The birds just love it. Yep. And but, it, it does spread, but I, I well, control it, it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. It's like planting ivy, bamboo. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the birds, Rufus, come in, get the berries, and then they go plant oh, everywhere absolutely. else. So that, that's, that's, that's the right. issue. Blame it on the birds. That's right. Yeah. And bees. Yeah. Does that answer your question, John? Absolutely, and it sounds like my son's got a got some work to do. He uh, does. He got he a does. he got a backhoe. <clears throat> he can rent one. Uh, yeah, we can. We, we got access to a backhoe, but I like to see him a shovel in his hand myself. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, you better he he Tough better stuff. get in in good peak uh, physical condition. Yeah. So those boogers are hard to dig out of there. That's right. They're a mess. They're a mess. And I have been known to. I, I heard you say you're kind of the Fuqua area. I have. I have been known to um, go to the corner of um, Judd Parkway and Holland Road on that corner before Morgan Creek. There's a big forest of it, and cut big two inch caliper holes 20 foot long and and i'll i'll hang them in my greenhouse and then hang hooks from the greenhouse and hang hanging baskets so they make great structures wow okay great so save a few for that there you go yeah yeah. save you some big old canes yeah make you a fishing pole john that's right good old cane poles i I remember using Uh those in the creek yeah the last thing my wife's gonna let me have is another fishing pole. I can guarantee. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, John, that cost you a dollar forty-five. There you go. All righty, all righty. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you great. Thank you, John. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Well, let's head to uh, Jamesville this morning, yeah. and Brother Herb is uh, here. Herb, how are you, sir? Good morning. I am doing wonderful. I hope you all are. Yes, sir. Good. I had. Uh, Three quick things. Uh, one is Happy New Year to all of you there. Happy New Thank Year. Thank you, Herb. 
And and uh, Brother Rufus brought up something that I was thinking about when he talked about whether or not you'd rather be in bed, which some of us are, uh, on a Saturday morning. And so uh, thanks for being a great medicine show. I know you say garden, but uh, a medicine show has everything you could want. Good advice, laughter, uh, off topic, you name it. Yeah, we're off topic. But, yeah, uh, that's you, all right. Got, so, uh, uh, thanks so much. It gives us a weekend dose of good medicine. So, want to say that. Thanks so much. Well, thank you very much. The, the other two things was last week, uh, Rufus was mentioning about uh, bulbs. And I happened to be down in the low country uh, where you were talking about last week. And it made me think of, of my trip to uh, the Netherlands. Uh, past year and if you've never been to the netherlands folks out there go down to the low country down here in eastern north carolina because it's the same thing you've got canals on sides of the road you've got canals in the fields water everywhere and it's the same thing quite frankly and when i was there back to rufus and the bulbs they were saying when you see all these beautiful bulbs they have in the netherlands they have to dig them up every single year because you can't leave them in the ground because it's so wet. And mm. boy. The, uh, the final thing is you all had mentioned about getting down there to the low country uh, uh, in the Bath area, Teresia, and somebody, I don't know, if it, I think it was Phil, and all of you were saying, Pantigo. And if you go down there and you say Pantigo, they'll run you. <laughs> oh my goodness! Pantigo. Pantigo. <clears throat> there you go. Anyway, folks, it's great to hear your voices in the new year, and hope to hear it throughout. Have a great day. Herb, Thank I had you. a, a classmate at Carolina from Pantigo, named named <laughs> Barbara Belangia. So she taught you how to say it, right? Pantigo. Pantigo. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the Laughing House family. Derwood Laughing House, who worked for the, the yes. sod father for years, right. was from uh, Pantigo. Oh, wow. Still Didn't Laughing House, then, but I'm sure that first name is a very common name down east. Yeah. Oh, Derwood? Yeah. Kind of like the Barefoots in Johnson County. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Herb. Thank you, Herb. And the McClams. Yeah. Down that way. Yep. Yeah. And the basses in Nash County. <clears throat> yes. Right. And the nieces are in Guilford County. That's right. I know some nieces. I know some of the, the I went niece to school with the, people. Yeah, I went yeah. to school with some of them. Yeah. Sure did. I'm looking. Uh, it looks like, Rufus, on King Street and Boone, that it looks like mostly rain, but it looks like some frozen slush-type stuff on the side of, sides of the uh, street there. That would be Boone, yes. And... So I don't know if they, uh, I see, I'm looking on my radar, and it has some green and yellow and orange. That's raw rain or heavy rain. And then there's some pink and purple. I guess the purple huh. is sleep, maybe. I don't know. The pink is freezing rain. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Looks like uh, looks like mostly sleet that I'm uh, seeing. I'll have to check the temperature up that way. That's but, not uh, fun to that's not fun to ski in. No, you've got I was snow about to say, and those poor ski. Oh my gosh. It's, I mean it's cold but it's rain. Train wreck. <laughs> so 
I hope. Please be careful. We're going to talk to the folks at the National Weather Service coming up about uh, 9.30, after the 9.30 news this morning, and get uh, a little information about what's happening right now across the state and uh, to the north of us, and also what's going to happen next week, early next week uh, on the Tuesday time, because I think we will have heavier rain then. Well, I, I'm I'm more worried about the wind the wind. The wind know. is going to be yeah. terrible. So right. I'm trying to make a decision, probably will make it Monday, whether I want to cut shade cloth down. Mm-hmm. And I'll say cut down, untie. Could you not hear over on the I other could side? Not. You switched sides. I didn't I know did. if there was uh, some, some I just psychological that, I, reason. I just thought this was your best side, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have one. I, I really don't. So, Well, I see about half his face straight on. And it it's, no, I'm talking for the top half, Mike. Only the other half. You got to do this. We were talking about putting more monitors in here, more computers and monitors. I said, well, we can't see each other as it is. For goodness sake. Just just add lib. Yeah. <laughs> Don't read everything off the screen. Speaking of it's lib, TV. I, I spoke with our friend Tom Campbell yesterday. Oh, God bless Tom Campbell. He and Campbell. lib have their, I think it was 47th wedding anniversary. And, uh, it's on up there. Oh, absolutely, and and he was. Uh, I thought it was. I thought they'd been married more than fifty years. Well, maybe I've got it wrong, but I thought it was something around forty-seven. And I, I said, "Well, Linda and I made made forty uh, here on the twenty-second of December," and he was very chipper, and he had. Uh, uh, we I lamented to him that I I sure missed NC Spin. Yeah, great program, and Tom is uh, very knowledgeable. Well, I had a nice visit just before Christmas with uh, Lib and Tom, yeah, in their beautiful home, and uh, yeah, they're they're fun, fun people. So, uh, yeah, Tom, if you're listening this morning, good good morning to you, sir. And speaking of Christmas, uh, I shared my uh, sweet Melissa peanut brittle with my mom. Mainly all Does of she it. Like it? She, oh, she she loves 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 it, loves 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 it. I, so, I went up to visit. Uh, Johnny Coley and, and Paul McKenzie yesterday, uh, we met in Oxford and had a little lunch, and I, I brought some, because I hadn't seen Johnny yeah. so I, I, for a while, so I, I brought him some peanut oh, bread. Melissa nice. made some the other night, and I gave some to Alice, who is at the desk yeah. there, and uh, I said, try a little bit uh, while we go to lunch and see what you think. And she said, she says, oh, it's addicting. Oh, <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> It That's is right. the best. My it mom said, "Well, I want to make that with Melissa sometime." I was like, "Mom, they live in Raleigh." Da 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 da. Well, She's you like, bring her by. <laughs> she, Melissa actually did that with some of her her uh, former school friends. Did she? Uh, it, yeah, they there were several several uh, women in there making that peanut brittle. Wow, she, well, she's is, crafted it. She's perfect. Yeah. I got a, a Christmas gifts from a number of people. Some of them had peanut brittle, and Melissa's is won't crack your teeth oh no, it's, it is it's it just melts it's just yeah. it is. it's very airy very fluffy because very flavorful soda. there's some oh, soda gosh. in it and it she it, it's very very hot it's on high gas stove hot high yeah and she's stirring and stirring and stirring with a wooden spoon and and then she pours it out onto a, a cold a, marble slab yeah, or I mean, something. You know, marble slab and it and it spreads out a little bit and then it kind of bubbles up and and uh, then hardens, 
but it doesn't harden too much. No, no it just and melts. The flavor, and, oh, the flavor too is is, is the is best. Different. It is. Well, you rationed me though. Very you. I, I, I wanted you to have some, but you, you I'm, not, I'm not. I'm con- not going to contribute to to any anything. You say that uh, you've mentioned many times that you're diabetic, and I'm not going to uh, contribute to to that. I want you to be he- healthy and happy. Yeah, but I, I rationed it. He, he I, was happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I used, I just I get used a little look. constraint. Yeah. Socrates and all that, everything in moderation. He did say that, didn't he? No, he said uh, moderation in excess. <laughs> oh, oh, moderation in excess. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Huh. you. You said that you were going, you were um, about the wind. Oh, yeah. I would just um, probably make the decision Monday whether or not, um, you know, there's there's a couple structure, well, there's, there's, there's about five or six structure, but there's four that I typically, if we're going to have more than a couple inches of snow or if we're going to have, you know, winds over 35, uh, 30, 35 miles an hour, sometimes I'll, I'll cut them down so that they're not up and down. Even though they're somewhat taunt, um, it, I just don't want to take a chance on them getting ruined. Do you collapse them or, or yeah, I just them I, I just untie them so that they're not, you know, receiving that brunt and going up and down. So... Then I tie them back up when the wind's over or the snow. So they won't go flying? No, no. If you untie them? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I tie them down to the – I just put them down on one side. But, yeah. How, do you do anything to prepare for wind on, on your property, Rufus? Is there anything that you – No. Is there a certain chair you don't sit in so a tree doesn't well, fall? <laughs> there are some chairs I turn over. Yeah, I so do So they that. won't blow away. Yeah. But I don't have any wooden chairs out, out yeah. there. They're all made of – steel or something like that yeah and we have some trees like for example if this were a wind situation coming up um you know in the fall or in the spring and and like our japanese maples had uh foliage then we would probably un we have them staked but we would untie them lay them down keep them safe okay as for uh today's weather it is raining and uh, it is uh, precipitating over most of the state of North Carolina right now as the system moves through and uh, bringing some, some varied precipitation to the west of us. Uh, rain here, it's 39 degrees, and we will, uh, coming up, talk to the folks at the National Weather Service and find out what we can expect for the rest of the day, what uh, folks have, across the state have been getting weather-wise this morning. And also uh, looking into the future, Tuesday, uh, some wind and uh, even more rain, uh, a couple of inches or more, three inches, I've heard. Uh, so it just just depends on, on what Mother Nature wants to do. But you're welcome to call us. We will be uh, going off a half hour early this morning to wake, make way for the Carolina Tar Heels and uh, their basketball game against Clemson. As they are, their pregame starts at ten thirty. So uh, get in your calls, and we'd love to talk to you. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. It's nine thirty. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, we're back uh, talking plants and whatnot, uh, but Jimmy Pagar, meteorologist with the uh, National Weather Service, is with us. So we're 
th- all thinking about the weather too, Jimmy. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Happy weekend. Happy weekend to you. It's uh, not a day to, to get out and do a whole lot, including drive, even though we don't have anything frozen around here this morning, do we? No, luckily we don't. Yeah. What, we, we're like 39 degrees now, and uh, has the heaviest rain come in yet? Uh, it's moving through now, and okay. we're going to have rain continuing through the rest of the morning. But once we get into early afternoon, we'll start to see some clearing moving from southeast uh Southwest to northeast. Is uh, so. Is this system moving faster? At first, you know, uh, a couple of days ago, we were thinking it was going to go all day. Uh, or, no, or... It, it seems to be on track. Uh, it's just going to end a little bit quicker, but uh, everything seems to be on track. We didn't have as much uh, freezing rain this morning. Uh, at least we haven't gotten any reports yet. A lot of the temperatures increased before the rain started. So. Thankfully, it's not a, a huge mess out there. Yeah, that's wonderful. So uh, I guess your territory would include Roxborough. And so did they did they get any uh, freezing precipitation up there that you know of? Not that we've heard of. Hey, how about if that? Somebody knows us up there. They're welcome to let us know on our social <clears throat> right. media pages. I was looking uh, at uh, a radar on my phone, and it had pinks and purples. The purples, I'm I'm thinking, might be sleet. It's possible, yeah. Yeah, possible. that's uh, more up into Virginia and uh, to the to the west of us, and some pinks here and there, which I assume is freezing <coughs> rain. I was looking at uh, the uh, King Street Boone, North Carolina webcam, and it looked like there was some something kind of uh, white and slushy looking on the sides of the streets. It looked like mainly rain, but maybe uh, that's uh, sleet uh, that they've gotten this morning or or freezing rain. Well, but. Jimmy, I grew up there, and he showed me, and I said, yep, that's that's sleet. Yeah. Uh, may I ask Jimmy a question? Sure. Uh, Roxborough, what is it about the topography of Person County that's always colder by four or five degrees? Uh, what, what, what is it about I, I know that, County? I, uh, Jimmy, I, I know that it's about 300 feet higher than Durham, for instance, but uh, it's kind of an interesting place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. It seems to be one of our cold spots more often. Yeah, uh, You know, the, the classic thing with cold air is it, it's heavier and tends to sink, so it likes to find those low spots. Uh, so if we have observations in more of a low area, they typically do read colder. How about that? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Now, uh, so this is going to last uh, th- this afternoon. It's, it's not really going to clear up. I guess it'll still be cloudy, but we won't have the, the rain this afternoon. Correct. Yeah. As we get into the afternoon, things will improve. We may see a little bit of sunshine, but it won't be full clearing just yet. Now, what about overnight? Will we get cold enough that some of this accumulated rain might freeze? I wouldn't worry about that too much overnight. Lows are expected to be more in the mid-30s than the okay. low 30s or higher. All right. Very good. And I guess if you're traveling to the west uh, toward uh, – Greensboro and and beyond that, uh, is there a chance we might run into at this hour or a little later this morning run into some freezing precipitation, or is that pretty well gone? You know that that's really on the downward trend, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see much at all. What about coming up next week? We're su- supposed to. Uh, I know it's it's hard to forecast several days in advance, but. Uh, Tuesday was has been mentioned as a day we're going to give even more rain and some wind. Yeah, you're right. We've got a, a pretty potent system heading in on Tuesday. We've got lots of potential threats. We could have severe weather. We could have a uh, risk of flash flooding. Uh, so it's definitely a day you're not going to want to go outside if you don't have to. 
the um, I, I know there are all kinds of um, problems that could come with that. Uh, are the temperatures I mean, so it'll be warmer, so we don't have to worry about frozen precipitation? What about flooding? You're right. Yeah, there won't be any risk of frozen precipitation. This will be all rain this time. Uh, but yeah, we are expecting anywhere from two to three inches of rain across the region, and especially where we have those heavier showers and thunderstorms develop, it's really going to come down. So the risk of flash flooding does increase. Uh, so it's going to be something you're going to want to keep a lookout. And of course, we always say never drive across a flooded roadway. Turn around, don't drown. And I even even if there is ponding on the road, it can move your vehicle no matter how heavy. Absolutely, yeah. Always want to be careful. I uh, was traveling across uh, Jordan Lake a couple of days ago, and it's, boy, it's a miraculous how it is really filled up. The banks uh, are not showing anymore, uh, but I, I'm sure that uh, the Corps of Engineers is a little worried about uh, lake levels and river levels to some extent, right? at least after next week. Oh, yes, I'd imagine we should be getting some good rain on the way, and then uh, another system again at the end of the week. So, yeah, rain's good, but then once it, you know we get too much, then of course I'm sure they'll have to do some releases. So the the system at the end of the week will be more rain. That's correct. Yeah, okay. not looking at any uh, any frozen precipitation in the forecast in the next seven days right now. Well, it looks like uh, El Nino for January <coughs> is is panning out. We're getting plenty of of precipitation so far. It sure is. Yep, we are seeing that pattern come out. All right. But, but are we caught up as far as the rain goes, Jimmy? Statewide. Uh, Pretty much, we had so so much of drought up around my neck of the woods. Yeah, up in the western and and yeah. uh, down east too uh, for a long time, and and even uh, it was you know dry in in uh, in most of North Carolina. We we caught up with uh, all of that. Are we above normal? You know, uh, so we do still have some portions of the state in some sort uh, part of a drought. Wow! Just checking out our our departure from normal precipitation for say uh, RDU Airport. So since January 1st, they're still a little bit below normal with what we've gotten. Uh, but since December 1st, it's above normal. So, you know, December was a pretty wet month. Uh, but, of course, January is just starting out, so we'll see how it pans out. All right. Jimmy, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, all you folks do at the National Weather Service. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Have a nice day. Jimmy Pagar, who is a meteorologist for the National Weather Service in Raleigh. 919-860-9783. You know, the, the cold weather brings on kind, all kinds of problems for uh, your car. And uh, King's Auto Service can certainly help you with that. You know, be proactive. Get some, some maintenance. Uh, the battery, for instance. The batteries just don't seem like they last like they used to in uh, automobiles. Uh, you know, three years might be it for a lot of a lot of the 12-volt batteries. So uh, get that checked out. That's important. You don't want to be left stranded uh, at the grocery store with, with uh, out of way to get home So and without jumper cables. or You, know, you have to be so careful with that now because there are so many electronics in vehicles. If you mess that up, then you, you may have blown some circuits here and there, uh, your uh, computer screen in your car, for instance. And uh, since uh, we're dealing with wintertime, check all the fluids to make sure. We, we, we do have some, some pretty cold nights uh, occasionally, and uh, we may have a cold day, really, really cold day here. So 
uh, like we did last Christmas, for instance. Uh, that, that period yeah. was very, very, and you just never know when that's going to pop up uh, during January, for instance. And that's when we get a little bit of snow usually if we're going to get any. So get it all checked out. Just same way you would if you were having a physical with your doctor. Do the same thing with your vehicle. Keep it in good shape, and it's bound to, to save you some money in the long run. And if you go to King's Auto Service, they have certified mechanics for everything, including hybrid. They have hybrid technicians that are ready to diagnose, give you available options for high-voltage battery pack replacement for less than the dealer will charge for the replacement. And that uh, usually occurs 150,000 miles is kind of the average. So call King's today or uh, Monday. <laughs> call them Monday because somebody, somebody would answer then. And King's Auto Service is easy to find, 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. King's Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. You're listening to The Weekend Gardener. It's 944, and Mark is with us. Mark, good morning. Hi. Yes, sir. How can we help you? Yeah, I moved down here from Cincinnati. Oh, wow. There's been three things that have been bothering me, and I wonder if you've got the answer for me. Okay. Everybody seems to agree that the best time to plant grass is in the fall. Well, it depends on what type of grass. If you're talking about fescue, which a lot of uh, turf specialists consider temporary grass, uh, because you have to kind of repeat it every year, uh, you kind of have to overseed every year or put out seed every year. That is uh, best done in uh, the fall. Yeah, like uh, September, early October, before the leaves really start dropping. Okay, so if you have a fescue lawn, let's say you cut it in the spring for the first time, and then it grows back, you went on vacation or whatever, why does that go to seed in the spring? It doesn't seem like that's the ideal time. Well, I mean, you, you know, both warm season grass and uh, fescue can, you know, produce seeds and, and if you don't keep them cut. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's, for the fescue, I don't know if it's uh, partially because it's it's bolting because of the heat and that's why you keep cutting and cutting and cutting. Um, I mean, they are monocots, so that that would be my guess. Um well, Mark, why, why would you not want it to seed? I, well, I would, you, well, you I, really don't. I, I like for mine to seed. It just doesn't seem like it's if fescue, the you don't want to see. way for grass to right. reproduce or grow back in. It, uh, okay. well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, it, the, the fescue works well around here if uh, you're able to water it properly. And uh, the people who have the yeah. people, yeah, if it's planted properly, if you have the proper soil, uh, if you've started out with really good soil and you, that you you aerate it every year. Uh, in Ohio, do y'all use aerators uh, f- for your lawn? Do y'all have mainly fescue? Uh, they've got bluegrass. Yeah, I, I actually like zoysia grass. Well, that's good. They, if you the neighbors don't. All right. Well, if you like, if you have a full sun, it it really needs, you know, six to eight hours of, of right. sunlight uh, to produce a good, healthy lawn. If you have that, 
then uh, and you don't have a lot of big trees or anything to right. for so- soil competition. And I guess uh, since your neighbor has it, if it's like your neighbor's yard, then you can plant that. Uh, it's better to to do it um, to to buy the turf and 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 put it out or have someone put it out rather than the seed. The seed takes a long time to to germinate and okay. to, to produce. Uh, so that is what most turf specialists, I think, recommend here. If you have the conditions is to plant a warm season grass like Bermuda or, or zoysia or centipede. Okay. My second question is, when you see ornamental grasses, you know they're in a bunch and there might be 100,000 seeds on, on that bunch, why don't you have a bunch, <laughs> a lot of little seedlings around that? Why, why don't you? Yeah, some good questions yeah, here, it, Mark. I mean, it, it really depends on what type of ornamental grass you're talking about. Um, for example, uh, with miscanthus, um, that seed blows everywhere and has become a problem in the western part of the state. Whereas down at uh, East or more lower Piedmont, it, it's not an issue. Why is it not an issue? Oh, well, I guess the seed is just not viable. The conditions are just not it's too right. hot. Too hot for the seed. I, I get. I mean, I'm not sure exactly, but the, there's some reason for the seed just not being viable. Right. So if that seed falls in the winter time. You know, as that's when our grasses plume and flower, maybe the seed just fr- uh, freezes out. Is a mica- miscanthus uh, the most popular uh, ornamental or uh, not muley, necessarily. muley grass yeah, is? Muley grass is starting to become very, very... So what about seeds with that? Uh, it, it just doesn't seed. No. So yeah. it, 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 I wish it, it takes did. a warmer environment for that seed to germinate and uh, the seeds kill through the winter. Yeah. But well, um, it seems like up in Ohio, I don't, I don't know what kind of ornamental grasses are and it it's definitely not as hot as it is down yeah, here right and they don't they don't reproduce up there either yeah no. well a lot of your ornamental grasses too mark uh but just grow by the root system spreading out like zebra grass i started out with just a little plug well and, and it's it's yeah and five and four feet now the, the thing is too a lot of the grasses that you see in mass plantings they're they're cultivars they're selected plants and they they're only going to propagate by root division, plant division. Their their seeds are sterile, mm-hmm. so you know you just you're you're probably dealing with with seeds that are just sterile. They're just not going to germinate. They're not that, viable. That makes sense. All right, here's the third one. This is a little deeper. Okay, say you're in a place in a in a deciduous forest. And during the spring, everything has leaked out. The, the ground cover has, has started to grow. And then compare that to after a snowstorm in that same area. Would say a runner or is there some kind of device that would measure the oxygen and the, and the carbon dioxide difference for those two periods of time even though it's the exact same place i i'm not i didn't understand your question say, um, say that again you're saying if it is if, if you're in a deciduous forest forest and there's there's 
I mean, are we in, are we in the winter time? So you said they flush out no. in the spring. In the springtime, they're all all the trees have leafed out. Okay. And all the ground cover has started to grow. So then, if you compare that to winter time, all the leaves have fallen fallen off, and the ground cover is basically gone. And then you get uh, six inches of snow, let's say. Mm-hmm. So everything's covered up versus in the springtime. When you have all the leaves and and uh, the uh, you know the the oxygen and right and right. Uh, the you know the leaves you know planting trees lots of trees help with the environment. I think it's well, what would, you're talking about. Would, would you know the difference? Yeah, oxygen wise and carbon dioxide wise and and right, so forth. Exactly. Gosh, I can't believe I figured that out. Well, <laughs> it sounds like you got to go to NC State College, Nelson. What, what, I mean, what, what do you mean? Would you know the difference? What, what, if you measured it, uh, the oxygen oh, and, car, and the carbon dioxide levels in uh, in a forest. When it's leafed out. When it's leafed out versus, versus, when, versus when there are no leaves on it. And you're saying it's the same either way? He, no. He's I'm asking you if... Is there advice that... Is there some way that scientists... Can tell that you know. It's probably an app for it. I don't know. I I mean, I would think that the oxygen would be richer when um, uh, plants are are leafed out. Yeah, Um, but he's wondering how do you how do you measure that? I I don't I don't know how they measure it. Yeah, I I doubt if it's going to your local hardware or garden center and saying, "Hey, I I need a." An oxygen probe reader device, humidity. David, know. if if I were sitting around thinking about things like that all the time, I would hurt my brain. Man, maybe you should call. Uh, what what is the purpose of the call? I mean, what is, what is the not the purpose of the call? What is the purpose of the question? Why why is that? Why how did that come up that you're wanting to know the difference uh, or if they're the same? What, what, because I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, yeah, my brain is hurting. Oh, mine, mine is too now. I, but I, I don't know. You, I think you'd probably have to ask. Who would he ask? Why did, why did he call State? the J.C. Ralston Arboretum and ask Mark Weathington? I, you know, I, some, I wonder if some instrument to measure such. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is, but again, it's going to be on a level of some institution or an environmental. Um, you know, science program. It's yeah, probably it, not in necessarily in the, the, the green industry. Uh, yeah. Maybe on the science side, more botany, um, forestry, that type of thing. But um, you know, us us plant people, we we just we just plant dumb. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's a really good question of who you would call. There would be somebody I, at I, NC State again. I think um, or you know, Carolina forestry or ecosystems. You know, botany. All right, David, you got a project. You need to uh, get in contact with, with and report uh, back and report back to us. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's great. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm a, I feel a little more alert right now. Well, you, <laughs> I'm you, wide awake. You went some some deductive reasoning there. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking. All right. Well. You've, uh, I'm, I'm thumbing through uh, Nelson's seed catalog here, and I see the most beautiful purple tomato 
truly purple tomato, purple galaxy. Are you going to try those? I have grown that one before. <clears throat> is it, is uh, oh, it no, that no, no, no. Is this it that one, purple? No, I have not grown that one. No. How no. would that look on a uh, between two pieces of white bread? It would look it, good. It would look good. Well, yeah. Now, uh, as long as you don't add mayonnaise, yeah, it would look good. Yeah. It would look good. As long as you put you. some real good Duke's mayonnaise no. on there. Yeah. What do you add? Pate? No, I don't, I don't add anything. I, I don't even really need the bread, but <laughs> you got to have something to keep it from rolling oh. down your elbow. So yeah. let some be- bread soak it up. But <laughs> if I were going to use anything, I would probably use like an avocado or yeah. um, something like that. I must say, Nelson's the only person I've ever met. Keep your dog down. Really <laughs> despises mayonnaise. I, y'all know, Miss Clawson, fourth grade. Yeah, she sure. She, she, she ruined you. She ruined me. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Why don't she knew that? Was she force feed you or something? We I can't tell the story on the air. But. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it goes, it goes beyond so the many mysteries yeah. uh, tied into this show. Way right? beyond the three holder. Yeah. David, David is, uh, is uh, if he's still with us, David is in Raleigh. How are you, David? I'm doing good. How are you this morning? I, th- I think we're, we're have perked up here. How can we help you? Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. What's going on, David? I have a, well, I have a question for you. Uh, here at my house, I have a number of really old azalea bushes. They may be as much as 50 years old. I really don't know. But uh, they're getting very tall and leggy. Uh, some of them have lichens on the limbs. Um, they don't really, they're not really that leafy. Uh, the leaves don't have that nice deep green anymore. They're kind of unhealthy looking. And I'd really like to rejuvenate these bushes. Uh, they're, they've been there a long time. I don't really, I'd really prefer not to pull them up and replant them. I was wondering if there's any way to rejuvenate them, maybe by Absolutely. cutting them back in the spring, or well, what can I do? So there, there's a um, a few things that that I have done. We we were able to um, uh, restore um, a garden that had um, 60 year old azaleas. Uh, this was on a property in Fuquay off Aiken Parkway. This was probably um, gosh 15, 18 years ago. And boy, did it, it, it took us um, about 80 some man hours to get this small property restored. So part of it was going in and kind of, uh, I don't want to say deleafing, deforesting, but um, with the giant um, oaks and um, trees that had grown um, in with the azaleas and, and everything else in this spectacular yard um obviously the roots got bigger and and so they're competing but the the leaves had piled and piled and piled and they they were never really mulched or um, composted so a lot of times when those larger oak leaf uh, leaves get trapped in in the plants and down around the base um just rake them out i mean go and pile them up compost them shred them chip them i mean they're they're they make great compost but i think you know trying to um mill them down a little bit but but a lot and a lot of time the layers after layers after layers years after years after years they they almost repel water from getting to the roots so if you could do kind of a, a de-leaf de-thatching de-foresting uh, raking the leaves out i'm not saying burn them or remove them but just get them out from under that plant take um augers either uh like cordless drills and because azalea roots are like pancakes but g- go through and 
and around the whole area of the plant, the outer edge of the plant, um, just pile it as many holes as you can. So you're trying to juvenate some root growth. Um, throw what I would use would be like a holly tone or um, you know some type of acid loving slow uh, released uh, organic fertilizer that has uh, trace elements, other nutrients, and um, you know again by doing the pilot holes, you're 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 just perforating the ground um, two three inches. So you're trying to rejuvenate roots. You're also trying to get that fertilizer down to them, and you've removed a lot of that that heavy growth that has just been like trapped in the plant and around the base of the plant so you're trying to improve um you know root root circulation oxygenation that type of thing and then again what mike was saying um you know maybe uh, after they flower prune prune them back real hard um or at least a third to half of the way back and i think you'll see some results don't worry about the lichens and 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 we're and when you come back i want to tell about some hundred year old azaleas what i did David, I hope that helps. It helps a lot. I'm going to give that a try this spring. Okay. And get started on well, get the started on the leaves uh, now. And we got to go to the news. And, the, and thank you, David. Yep. Thank you so much for calling. We'll be back.